But Ecclesiastes 10 and 19, it says, uh, a feast is made for laughter. Some of you all have read this before. And wine maketh merry. And we know that to be true. But money, why y'all laughing? Answereth all things. Now, I want to take the opportunity to, to, to work with this scripture and straighten it out because some people would take this and they will have an interpretation that's wrong. Okay? But the scripture is true. Money answereth all things. All right? I want to be transparent for a moment because, you know, I was telling them on last week that, you know, well, you know, they was, you know, they, they just, the, the research says that 2.5% of believers worldwide, that's all they give, 2.5% as a whole. Now, at this church, I know that our percentage is higher than that. I would at least hope that we are way, are way higher than that. I hope nobody in here is saying, well, Bishop, you know, I don't do no 10% plus, you know. I'm way down there in the two and a half uh, column. Well, we, we need to do some repenting and get ourselves together. Amen? Now, it got a little quiet, so I, I understand. So I want to be transparent for a moment because, you know, people say, you know, well, well where's the money in this treasure that they collected and everything? Well, you ain't going to get very much at 2.5%. You ain't going to do very much with that. Are you following? And so this year in 2022, this year, you know, just right, behind, right before us, December, right before us, uh, we in we're in January right now. Uh, at this church, we did some things, and I'm just going to give you a few. I just want to be transparent. Something happened out front where there was a main pipe that burst outside wall and had to go up under the church in order to fix it. Uh, no negligence of our own. It just worked its way out into the thing that, uh, from what I understand, it must have had a little small pinhole or something, and it, it just burst the pipe. But to get that little pipe fixed was over $8,000. You had to have somebody licensed to do it, you know, and they had to have, and not only licensed, but they had the right kind of license. It couldn't just be said, yeah, I'm, I'm a plumber and I got my license. No, it had to be a special type of license. Then on last year, you know, we, we, we took it upon a project with the uh, Thompson uh, daycare re restoration uh, project, and we spent uh, around about $3,300 helping the daycare down the street uh, get back up to par. And, you know, we <laughs> we always get people come by and ask, man, how do you keep your marginal so nice and everything just looks so good? And we didn't know that it looked like that on the inside. That's because of the winning church take care its stuff. It take care it things. So y'all seen the ramp and the sidings, you know, that we did uh, uh, last year? That was over $27,000 to do. Then we put new cameras in to help with the cameras that we do have. That was uh, all $4,000. Uh, 
Then we put that onion that y'all see out there that y'all that did the walk through yesterday. Oh, that set to me that was forty four hundred dollars, right? Then we had to do some repairs in one of the marginals because we had a little termite damage that was seven thousand dollars. Then we put a little old bitty piece of fence just to keep the you know the dogs from running right up with when they have screws. Just a little old piece of fence. That's that was like almost thirteen hundred dollars. Then we uh, God moved in my heart and said, so we want to do something to reward the children, reward the, the young adults. So we have this great idea, me and my son. Uh, let's, let's do a winning redemption sale. Won't be no money transpired, but we are just, for them just doing things on the behalf of God, we want to reward them. So that was a great idea. I did not know that we put that much money in renovating for a redemption sale. Brother TB, if I'd have known it from the beginning, I probably never would have done it. And when they showed me the figures, it, that's right, Coach Sam, it's going to pay off. Because you know why? Excellence costs, but it pays off in the long run. But I got to tell you anyhow, that was over $32,000. That's what we spent. And then, you know, uh, right, right, at the, right at the first beginning of last year, 2022, we put new carpet in here. Y'all just, just tested it out a few minutes ago. And yeah, you've been testing out way before today, I know. And you're still testing it out. But that was over $28,000, just the carpet put in. Look how y'all just sitting there looking. And did you not know, see, some of you all, you just come to church and say, oh, child, it, it, so, and sometimes, oh, they got scattering coats. Then they went, oh, we got the blue tees. How many of y'all remember that, 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 that Sunday where the, all of the, the whole thing went out? And it was smazoking in here. They were trying to open the door. People got passed out. They're walking out in the hallway. They're trying to go outside to get something to eat and everything. But it wasn't that we didn't pay our bills. It's that, that you know, yeah, that was Flint's problem. That wasn't our problem. Right? Or whoever. Whoever it was. It was their problem. But now, from January to August, our electric bill was 48000 our, our electric bill is like $4,000 a month. So y'all understand why friend lady be screaming about turn the lights off. Turn, don't leave that air condition on. Don't leave that heat on. Now anybody in here pay $4,000 a month in their house? If you did, you would hit the floor. You'll be screaming at everybody in the house, turn everything. Matter of fact, go outside and turn the whole system off. <laughs> just, just go away the main, where the main thing at it. <laughs> turn the whole thing. We ain't having nothing in here. <laughs> so we're going to need y'all to be good stewards over this stuff, you know, when you are locking up and when you come here to practice praise team and band and everybody else. Because, you know, ministry costs. 
See, we don't realize how much, and that's just a little bit, but we, you know, we got a lot of stuff that we, we do, and I just want to be transparent and show y'all. Listen, you know, uh, isn't God good that he tells you to bring your tithes and offer into the storehouse so he turns right around and bless the ones that come to the house? love what God do, how he blesses us when we attempt to bless him. And so the money is the answer to all things. Now watch this. Since we're talking about it, money can buy a house but not a home. Money can buy a bed but not rest. See, money is the answer to all things. A house is a thing. Bed is a thing. But there are some things that money cannot buy. It can't buy no home. It can't buy no rest. It can buy you food, but it cannot give you an appetite. Are y'all following me? See, food is things, it's stuff. Money can buy that, but it cannot give you an appetite. Only God can do that. Money can buy medicine, but it can't give you health. Money can buy information, but not wisdom. Money can buy thrills, but not joy. It can buy you associates, but not friends. Money can buy servants, but not loyalty. Money can buy flattery, but not respect. See, money can buy things. It's the answer to all things. But when it comes to eternal things, and things that you need to live, only God can give you that. So, Bishop, why in the world do we need money for things? I don't need more money to build bigger bonds to put it in and just say, ooh, I'm a jolly good fellow. I got all this money. No, I need money to use it. Come on, look at somebody and tell me, I need some more money. So I can use it. So they say, well, what y'all going to do with the money that we give? Spend it. Got to use it. Use it for God's glory. Spend it. So we see what money can buy and we see what money cannot buy. So I didn't want you to get that twisted. It's the answer to things. <laughs> y'all, I know some of you all don't like me, but you, you got to love me. So let's go to our foundational scripture, Acts 20 and 35. 
says, in everything I show you that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That should be in your Bible right there. I, ho I, ho I hope you got your notes and everything else. So when I get ready to go fast, you, you can stay with me. See, giving is a topic that many pastors struggle to talk about. For one, they are scared to talk about it. Or they themselves are struggling with giving as well. See, your bishop and first lady, we don't, we don't struggle with giving. Never have struggled with giving. See, somebody said, well, you know, he ought, they ought to be blessed. And, you know, they should be blessed. Look what they got. Look what they look. They ought to be blessed. Uh, you know, he's a pastor. You know, he's a bishop. You know, oh, no, no, that ain't the reason why. I know some broke pastors. I know some pastors that they got to get them junk every time they go somewhere. See, your title don't make you be blessed. It's your obedience that causes you to be blessed. So when I teach this, you don't have to worry about me being a hypocrite because we're not hypocrites. See, we've been the number one givers in this church for a long time. I think the only time that we haven't been the number one givers maybe the first year we started. It's 30 years now, going on 31. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so Paul quotes a saying of Jesus not recorded in the Gospels. It is like one of the Beatitudes in that it presents us with a basic truth that reveals the inner workings of the spiritual kingdom but contradicts human nature. When Jesus said in Matthew 5 and 10, Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, he's revealing something that may be true in the kingdom, but not in the world. See, persecution is not a happy thing. Do you believe that? Hey, persecution ain't happy. Everybody glad to be persecuted. It doesn't feel good or bring any joy, especially when a person does what is right and is persecuted for it anyway. However, in the inward spiritual person who is part of the kingdom of God, there is joy when this happens because the persecution testifies to one's effort at doing what is right and is an outward sign of one's faith and loyalty to Christ for which Jesus promised a reward. If you remain faithful by being persecuted, he said that you will be rewarded at the end of that. So giving being more of a blessing than receiving is a similar teaching. When you think about it, what is more enjoyable, is it giving or receiving? Now you said it because you've got the teaching. But if you didn't have the teaching, you will say receive. So what would you rather do? 
give your money away weekly or look to receive a Holy Ghost handshake from somebody weekly. What would you rather do? Give up your Saturday, go to a leadership meeting at the church, or stay asleep in your warm bed? Which would you rather do? Give up sweets for a week to be in sync with the vision of TWC, which is a winning church, or just eat just to be eaten. Don't care who knows about it. I don't care what fast y'all got going on. I'm not giving it up. And by the way, while I'm there, well, how did y'all do this week with no sweets? This week was no sweets. And guess what? Sunday is here. Sunday is a free day. Woo, sweet, here we come, we come, we come. <laughs> now you're going to celebrate today, but Monday we right back on it because ain't no starches. Well, you know. No rice, no pasta, and no bread, right? From Monday to Saturday, you just, six days, you can do anything for six days. And then Sunday's your free day. So go ahead and get your, adjust your flesh. Tell your flesh, this week now, we eat no bread, no pasta, no rice. We're just going to eat fruit and vegetables, you know. Adjust yourself. Your flesh say, uh-uh, the lies you tell. You tell your flesh, shut up. You ain't having it now for six days. Now, I done told you now. Don't talk to somebody else because I ain't having it over here. Y'all ready? All right. Well, I know some of y'all can't wait to get out of here to get you something sweet today. Ooh, I got, I got, ooh, I got two slices of cake coming. <laughs> but it's called discipline. Everybody shout Discipline. So we got all of it all established. Now, if you go on the app, you'll see which week we got what. This one, four weeks. We got something different each week. And the week after that, no sodas and no form. No diet, no zero, no nothing, no sugary drinks. No form. Amen? And no form of sodas or sugary drinks. None. Right? You can, you can, you know, you can get your little water and pour your little stuff in it that you got zero whatever in it. But no, 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 no soda, no sugary drinks, all that Gatorade and all that Kool-Aid and all that, you know, y'all make that Kool-Aid like syrup. Well, you can, you can drink tea made today. Matter of fact, we got some fresh in there. We got strawberry, blueberry. Uh, we got the we got the classic. We got Timonade. Oh, y'all, you can get your fix today. They got some freshly made. It just came out yesterday. Just made. We didn't get no elderberry this time. So next time around. But anyway, yeah, y'all let me teach my message. Y'all done got caught up in food. Come on here now. So when we look at it in, <laughs> from a human point of view. It is more fun, more pleasurable, easier, and more desirable to receive than to give. 
It is also more pleasurable for you to eat whatever you want rather than it is to sacrifice or give up something like sweets to help you become more disciplined for the kingdom of God. Now, I've, I've set my will for this whole month to have no sweets and no cars. I've set my will for the whole month. So, you know, I, you know we gave everybody else a little grace. Thank you, Bishop, because I'm going to show enough straight to get me something sweet. But I set my will for that. Now, why would you do that, Bishop? got no you just can't shoot I got a vest on I got a little one back there a little pouch back there. but I want to lose it but I can't lose it with the sweets and the starches because starches turn into sugar and your body your body it loves sweets sugar and starches because that's its fuel if it don't have that fuel, guess what it does? It goes and eat the other fat wherever it is. And that's why when you 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 commit yourself to eating, you know, nuts and berries basically and, and fruit and vegetables, you still feel hungry even though you eat. Because your body is still needing fuel to do what it needs to. That's why you feel so relaxed and sleepy after you eat because you get all them sugars and carbs in there and, you, and, you, and your body says, thank you. You feel a little high, you know. Slow you on down. Let the TV watch you. Let me get on my mess. Y'all still got me talking about food. Now here, let me... I hope we talking about, uh, yeah, when it didn't get it. All right? So, we want more for ourselves, but we are not willing to give more of ourselves. Y'all still with me? Our flesh turns and twists when it comes to giving up something that we think is ours. And Jesus really tests our flesh when he says that it is more blessed to give than to receive. So, do you know a person that does not like to give? There can be people who have money or people who do not have money. And most of the time, it's people who have money, but they are just so emotionally tied with their money or just plain stingy. I'm glad y'all got your dance in early. Not realizing that their money, the love, the love, the, that they love their money when the Bible says in Matthew 6 and 24, no man can serve two masters. You love one and you hate the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, which is money. Now somebody said that mammon don't mean money. I beg to differ with them. I've already looked. The word mammon comes from the Greek word mammonas. Similarly, root words exist in Hebrew, Latin, uh, Aramaic, Chaldean, and Syriac. They all translate to money, wealth, and material possessions. In biblical culture, the word mammon often carries a negative connotation. 
it was sometimes used to describe all the lusts and excesses such as gluttony, uh, greed, and dishonest worldly gain. And ultimately, mammon describes an idol of materialism, which many trust as a foundation for their world and philosophy. So when the King James Version retains the term mammon in Matthew 6 and 24, other versions translate the Greek as money, wealth, or riches. Now, please don't misunderstand me. God don't mind you having wealth. God don't mind you having money. God don't mind you having riches. Just as long as the wealth and the riches and the uh, material things don't have you. You can have it, but don't let it have you. And don't put it before God. I can't do nothing on behalf of God because I got to serve the God of money. I got to serve mammon. No, the reason why I have what I have is because of wealth. And we just found out that there's something that your money cannot buy. sit up in the hospital, they wish they could pay for some help. They'll go get much money they can get. They'll rob a bank if they have to so they can get their help. But the money ain't going to help them. And so money for some is their master. First Timothy 6, 1 and 6 says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Now, don't get that mixed up and get it twisted. The Bible didn't say the, the, uh, the money is the root of all. He said the love of it. He didn't say money was the root of all. He said the love of. Got it? And most people who are tight and stingy with their money are living in fear and do not trust God that he is their source. This is a different version. Read Not realize that God supplies you with the money is that you have now. And if he gave you that that you have, trust him that he has more to give you. Ooh, I like that. He owns it all. So it would seem that it is more blessed to receive than to give because people spend a lot more energy trying to experience the pleasure of getting rather than the blessedness of giving. And so the key word in this verse is more. Everybody say more. So Jesus is not teaching that there are no pleasures involved in receiving. He simply says that there are more intense joys attached to the act of giving. And so with this in mind, I'd like to share three particular joys specifically attached to giving. Are you ready? Number one, the joy of acting as a spiritual being. Say that with me, the joy of acting as a spiritual being. Now, giving is a part of God's essential nature. In Genesis 2 and 3, he created the world and gave man life, the garden, and a wife. Ooh, I like that. Life garden and a wife. Thank you, Lord. Gave me life, gave me a job, and gave me a wife, Veronica Brooks. Thank you, Lord. You're just awesome. He gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to save mankind, according to John 3.16. 
Romans 8 and 11, it says he gave believers the Holy Spirit to empower their resurrection from the living and from living a dead life. So when we give, we experience the pleasure that comes from acting out of our higher nature. Your flesh hates to give. You have to push past your flesh. That's why some people say, ooh, they're going to teach on giving. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to go to church. They're going to teach on giving. Because all they're doing is just trying to get all my money. Well, first of all, we already know you ain't giving nobody all your money. <laughs> Even when you were dating, you loved that little girl. You didn't give her all your money. Come on here now. I know you loved him in the bow legs too, but you ain't give him all your money. You don't give nobody all or nothing. <laughs> huh? So that's the trick of the enemy. Trick of the enemy. Because the impulse to give comes from the spirit man, not the fleshly man. See, when you see people give, that's the impulse of the spirit. Some folks say, well, why those people give and uh, on the altar when uh, somebody's talking? Well, they, they sow into the word. See, that word that was spoken, it resonated in their spirit, and they are sowing to that word that they got from that mouth of that person that God gave them for that person. When somebody said, well, you know, uh, Bishop, I hear all this teaching about this and that. Do I have to give? No, no, you don't have to give nothing. No, no, don't get it twisted. You ain't got to give a thing. Not one red cent. Not a shiny penny or dime. You don't have to do nothing. But don't get mad at the other folk when they sow and seed and God is blessing their life. Because you reap what you sow. And you reap as you sow. So you don't have to, you don't have to get no tithe, you ain't gotta get no offering, you ain't gotta get no sacrificial offer, you ain't gotta get no first fruit, you ain't gotta get nothing. You don't have to give nothing. You ain't even gotta give yourself. It's your choice. But I wouldn't want to be you though. The reluctance to, to give, the, the slowness to give, the re Resistance to give much comes from the flesh. And these spirit and flesh are always at war with one another. Notice how the flesh always fights you when you're trying to do something spiritual. Yeah, like we're doing with this partial fast. It's not a you know complete fast, but it's a partial fast. In, the enemy been fighting you all week long. Come on, raise your hand. You've been trying to fast. They've been fighting you because, you know, look like sweets look even better this week. And don't go sharp and look like that. Look like the sweet roll looked better than it ever looked before. Look at that honey bun. I ain't never seen that icing like that. I saw on that honey bun. Jesus help me. So it's warring against you. 
So there's a war that goes on inside of us every time we have the opportunity to give up something of ours that we want to hold on to it. Oh, Spirit be prompting you to give something. You say, oh, I'm going to sit right here. I'm going to keep it in my pocket. I ain't studying that mess. Look what Galatians 5 and 17 says. I'm not making this up. For the flesh sets its desires against the spirit. Y'all see that? So your flesh is working against your spirit. Y'all got that? And the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. The real you on the inside want to do it, but your flesh man say no. It's a fight to come to church sometimes. Your flesh said, ooh, the game coming on. But it ain't but till 4 o'clock, though. Oh, I got to prep. I got to get ready for it. You know what I'm saying? I know the service started at 10, but. <laughs> huh? However, when, you, when we give one of the pleasures we actually feel called peace, satisfaction, whatever, uh, is the feeling produced by the victory that the spirit man has won over the fleshly man. Man, you feel such a release when you win over that flesh. The flesh trying to hold you back and you go ahead and do it anyway. And then at, at, in the aftermath, you say, oh, I'm so glad I did that. So we have acted as spiritual people that we are taking on the very nature of God. Number two, the second joy that we experience is the joy of honoring God. Say that with me, the joy of honoring God. Now, throughout the Bible, we notice that every person who knew God or was aware of his presence had a need to formally honor him in some way. See, God, uh, God provides mankind with a formal way of doing this, the giving or offering of a sacrifice. Remember now, Noah sacrificed to the Lord in Genesis 8 and 20. In Genesis 12 and 8, Abraham gave sacrifice. Moses knew God and instructed the people in offering a sacrifice in Exodus and Leviticus. King David and those who returned from exile all gave sacrifices to God in order to honor him for various reasons. Many more in the Bible we can name. But you cannot honor God without giving in some kind of way. And so the physical method of honoring God has changed. We no longer offer produce or animal sacrifices. The physical has changed. But the essence of that method remains. We must still exercise the act of giving. Paul said in Romans 12 and 1, to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is what? A reasonable service to God. So when presenting our bodies to God, that means everything I am and I have is now his, including my time, talent, and resources. So what is a sacrifice? Glad you asked. An act of slaughtering an animal or a person or surrendering a possession as an offering to God or to a divine or supernatural figure. It is something that will cost you. What is that? Your time, your talent, and your resources. And these are three big things that will bring a personal cost to us. It's going to cost you something to serve the Lord. 
Yes, salvation is free, but it's going to cost you something to serve God. God will honor us all if we would just honor him by giving ourselves. See, once you give yourself, God has all of you. The problem is we say, hey, God, here I am, but wait a minute, hold up. Let me put the wallet over here. Hey, God, oh, oh wait a minute. Hey, God, oh, excuse me. All right, God, here I am, but leave my stuff alone. Thank you, Joe. God has all of you. Because everything you have belongs to him. And if he tell you to do something with it, you should have a connection with God in such a way that, hey, I'm not going to change words with you, Daddy. I trust what you say. I believe what you told me in your word. Hallelujah. And so even though I like to have what I have, I would rather give it because you told me to give it because I know you got something better for me uh -huh, in my future. Hallelujah. And so number three. Ooh, I'm feeling pretty nice now. What we see is the joy of anticipating blessings. Say that with me. The joy of anticipating blessings. So do you believe the Bible? Amen if you do. So it says... In Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Say amen if you believe that. Those who believe and are baptized will be saved according to Mark 16 and 16. Say amen if you believe that. He who is generous will be blessed, Proverbs 22 and 9. Say amen if you believe that. He says, he who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. 2 Corinthians 9 and 6. Say amen if you believe that. So do you believe his word? So my point here is that we are willing to believe God in God's power to create the world, create mankind, become human and die and be resurrected, forgive our sins and give us eternal life. But why then should it be so difficult to understand and believe that God will bless those who give and give generously? We believe in a God we cannot see. When you tell us to do something with them two, three nickels we got, that's why we said, no, nah, I can't believe you on this one. One of the joys of giving, especially for Christians, is that giving is the seed for increase. Ooh, oh, oh, oh my God, I'm about to get happy in here. Giving is the seed for increase. Tell the folks on your row, wake them, wake them up. Say, giving is the seed for increase. 
In other words, the more you give, the more you increase. When there are pure motives behind your giving, the more you increase. There's a condition. However, if you give in order to get, you receive nothing back because giving with only this motive is no longer giving. It becomes trading or bargaining. If on the other hand, you give, your, your giving is truly giving and letting go without demanding or grudging a return, then you will be blessed. And Paul explained the blessing that you receive from the, this type of giving in 2 Corinthians 9, uh, 9 uh, 6. Go there with me in your Bible, uh, 2 Corinthians 9 and 6. Go there. It says, but this I say. He which so sparingly shall reap also. How? Uh-huh. You spend your people. Go ahead on. Keep on doing it. And he which so bountifully shall reap how? Also bountifully. So don't get mad with the folk on your road that's always excited and happy because God is always doing something in their life. That's because they always sow it bountifully. They ain't looking pitiful every time you see them. They always have a smile on their face. They always dancing in the service. They always sowing seed. Don't get mad at them because God is my God causing them to rebound to play. They are actually practicing the scripture. And as soon as you get up off of your derriere and start practicing the scripture, you're going to receive what they receive and that's a bountiful blessing. Nobody in here don't want no pitiful blessing. That'll do you, God. Just throw something at you. I don't want it like that. I want God to bless me bountifully. And if I got to get it bountifully, I got to work the formula, D. I got to work what God say I got to work. I got the formula now. Anybody else got the formula? I got the formula. You got to get the formula now. And make it work for you. Good God Almighty. Look at verse 7. Say, every man according as he purposed in his heart. So let him give not grudgingly. You giving but you are mad about it. Or of necessity. You feeling forced. They forcing me to do it. Huh? For God loveth a cheerful giver. In other words, free will and be happy about giving. I'm happy about giving. I give all the time. I, I look for folk to, to bless. On a week-to-week blessing. Every day I get up, I look for some. God, who you want me to bless today? Especially when I go into the store. You better hope you in there. But if you in there and I see you, hallelujah, you already know you're on the receiving end today. Hallelujah. Because I practice what I preach. Are you following me? Hallelujah. And listen, I love you, but I ain't hanging out with no stingy people. Now, if you, if you, if you start off with me and you're stingy, you're going to get, you have to get, you have to get rid of that. You're going to have to come out of that. Because we all know you can't spend everything and you can't save everything. 
you got to have a balanced life. And I hope when we have the, I hope when we have the classes on investment and stuff like that and tell you all about insurance, I hope you come to church. Uh, we're probably going to do it on a Wednesday night. So bring yourself to Bible study. All we want to do is get something to you. We talk about finances and helping you invest and everything else every year. Every year we talk about it. Get you some insurance. And every year somebody die and ain't got no insurance. Now look how y'all looking at me. Y'all know it's the truth. You've been here a while. You know it's the truth. Then we, you know, some people don't have no insurance. So we won't ask everybody. Y'all just really just kind of be kind and, and give stuff. Now we could be mean and say, now you, you had your foot that, 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 that they've been telling you about insurance. You right there with the rest of us. We ain't giving you nothing. Now, we could get the devil and us do that, but we don't normally do it. We try to help everybody we can. But why do you put the pressure on everybody else for your lack of participation and lack of preparedness? You pulling from all of us because you won't give your tithes and offerings. And so we have to pull from all of us to make up your side. You come in here worshiping God on a credit and free while everybody else is holding their commitment. You know, I, I can't afford and then I, I, I can't afford. You know, I heard one preacher say, you know what? What I'm going to do, I'm just going to take a section over here and I ain't going to have no chairs. Well, if it be chairs, it's going to be raggedy chairs or hard chairs. They ain't going to have no carpet in that section. And they gonna and that section is just going to be raggedy as that it can be. Now, this is all the non-tithers. Y'all sit right over here. This is what y'all get, nothing. But you can't do that. You can't do that. You, you listen. You know, hey, he said, let the wheat go up with the tear. God said, he'll do the separate. So we got to just make it nice for everybody. If I'm cool, you cool. If I'm hot, you hot. Just make it right for everybody. But that still don't excuse you from doing your part. You know what? There's a real good chance that you've been coming to church all these years and sitting beside a God rock. Look straight ahead. Don't be looking to your left and your right. Just look straight ahead on this one. Don't, don't look at nobody. Just look straight ahead. It's probably a good chance. It's a real good chance. It's real good. Because, you know, people think that because the pastor don't see, the leadership don't see, the finance committee don't see what you do, you know, well, the finance committee know what you give, though. But, you know, if they don't see what you do, you figure that God don't see. But how do you know God know every penny you make? He know every increase that comes across your hand. You can't hide from God. You can try, but you're enough, you're enough to no avail. You can't hide from God. Let me read my scripture here. Y'all got me all crossed up and everything. Eight, verse 8 says, And God is able to make all grace. Did he say all? Bound toward who? You, me, God is able to do that. 
He's not a liar. You're going to always have grace for you. I like the scripture where it says, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You need to look at people to see what they got trailing behind them. Hallelujah. No matter how bad it gets, goodness and mercy is trailing me all the days of my life. <laughs> Woo, that ye always, did he say always? Having all sufficiency in all, everything that I have, I'm going to have all sufficiency. In other words, I'm going to have enough of everything I need. I'm looking at some blessed people up in this place. God said he got enough to bless all of us at the same time and give us more than enough. He said, El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. When you get enough, God say, take some more. When you get enough, he say, take some more. When you got overflow, he say, take some more. All sufficiency and all things. I don't care what it is. All things, God said, I got you. When everybody else talking about how high the prices are, how gas is, you still riding. When everybody talking about inflation, you ain't worried about that. When everybody talking about taxes, when everybody talking about this world, you don't worry about that because you know your God owned the world, the cattle, the thousand hill. He owned everything. And if God be God, I'm going to eat just like the Israelites. I will eat. I will have life. I will be blessed. Your worst is somebody else's best. <laughs> All these years, God been taking care of you. I know you've been in the hospital, but you ain't been as many as a lot of other folk. And if you did go, you came out of there. Some got hit with the COVID bug, but God made you an overcomer. You came on through that thing, and now you're here to testify about it. Are you hearing me up in here? Even with the flu bug, even with all the other stuff they got going on, God said, I'll put a hedge of protection around you. In the midst of other folk coughing, God said, I'll shield and protect you because I got work for you to do. Hallelujah, when the enemy come in like a flood, God will raise up a standard against him. Let the devil be the devil, but God is going to be God. He will not outdo God any day, no day, no time, no way. He is our God. That's why I serve him the way I serve him. That's why I praise him the way I praise him. You don't like me to wave my hand? Well, let me move or you move. You don't like the way I do my dance? You go somewhere else or let me move somewhere. But I got to give God praise because it's been too good. Hallelujah. I done got above for what worrying about what folk think about me, evangelists. 
I don't care how they roll their eyes at me now. I don't care what they got to say about me because God going to have the last say. And he's a God that's a keeper. He'll keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Look at somebody tell I got a God that protected me. Y'all can be seated. Woo. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That ye always have an all sufficiency in all things may abound in every good work. It's going to be over and above. When I want to do something, God going to make sure that that good work is completed. I don't care what it is. Are you following me? As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad. Look here. He hath given to the poor. Look there. His righteousness remaineth forever. He ain't even going to let the poor go lacking. Now he who supplies, watch me now, seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Anybody here believe the Bible in here? Now that ain't all, but I'm about to get happy here. Watch me now. Verse 11 says, you will be enriched. Good God Almighty. I'm about to jump out my shoes. In everything. For your liberality. Them folk that are free-hearted and giving like they give. My God, God said you're going to increase in everything. That's why folk are always mad at you. That's why folk have an attitude with you. That's why they're jealous of you. Because you know, hey, I, I'm liberal in what God gives me and God has enriched me in all things. Which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. And that's why we thank him so much. We, we know that God has been protecting us. When we know that God has been giving us what we need. When we know that it was God that brought us through this thing. Don't get it twisted. Some of us think it was our hard work and our effort. And when I went to school, I ain't have nothing, but I, I pulled myself up and all this is here. Don't you know that God made the way? Who was it? Was it, was it, was it Jacob? Who was it? That, was it, was it Isaac? That sold in the, in the famine. They sold during the famine. And when they sold during the famine, God blessed them more than they could even ask for. Even when things are not going as good as you want them to go, you don't stop sowing seed to God. I'm not going to cut back on my tithe and my offerings and my free will giving just because things not going the way that I, that only a test. I'm telling you that I got to sow when things are not going right. It's just like the stock market. It's down now. It's a time to sow. I don't jump out after 
done sold my money, it went up here, and I got happy. Now it went down here. I'm not going to jump out and say, well, you know, I just take a lot. Uh-uh. I'm going to wait until my time come. Because it ain't going back up. And I'll be ready for it to go back up. Are you following me? People who just data do don't have no vision, void of vision, don't see nothing. Hallelujah. Give me some people full of faith. Don't see a thing in the natural, in the physical. But in the spiritual, they can see mountain moving. In the spiritual, they can see us, my God, taking leaps, bountiful leaps into things that we saw before we got there. Sometimes you got to you got to reevaluate your friends. Folk you hanging around they ain't going nowhere. They can't challenge you to go higher because you are the one that they're you know you're the point person, so they looking to you. Now who you looking to? They either pull it on you, or you gonna have to pull them up. And if you got five of them pulling on you at the same time. They're going to be pulling you this way. And you need somebody that's out the hill so you can, my God, help them to pull you up. Let me finish reading this thing. Yeah, I did finish verse 11. So when God gives uh, to the, the giver in an abundance of resources to continue his or her giving and thus enjoy the experience as well as the satisfaction of honoring God through this action, when you give, you are setting in motion a chain reaction that gives. Are you following? A chain reaction that gets God's attention and God begins to increase your stewardship of resources for the contribution of blessings to him and others for his kingdom. And this is exciting and joyful for those who experience cycles of blessings. You're not just going to get one blessing here and one over here. One over. No, you done started a force of cycles of blessings. It's a cycle. You're blessed constantly. It's flowing in your life constantly. Are you hearing me? And so this is not a gimmick or a game to get money out of your pocket. But this is a test of your faith to believe God at his word. Luke 6 and 38. See, I teach like this because I got people who come from other ministries and they came from somewhere else, you know, wherever they came from, and see, they never got no teaching. Their pastor was stingy, so they were stingy. Their pastor was broke, so they were broke too. Pastor didn't have nothing, they didn't have nothing. We always happy with nothing together. But by God, we ain't going to be like that. Are you following me? We're not. Uh, uh, uh. No. So Luke 6 and 30, like, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down. Y'all right there with me? Shaking together and running over. You can read it with me. Shall men give into your 
bosom for what the same measure that you meet withal, it shall be what? Measure to you again. We're talking about cycles of blessings. <laughs> so this means that we will be overflowing with blessings. That we cannot contain. I'm talking about the blessing that's given. Therefore, we become the blesser to be a blessing. I want to be the blesser to be a blessing. Come on, say that with me if you really mean it. You ain't got to say it if you don't want to. I want to be the blesser to be a blessing. Now, all of you all that don't want to be a blessing, I hope God don't make you the blesser. Because this is only for those that are the blesser so that they can be a blessing. I need more so I can be a blessing. Are you following? And that's why it's more blessed to give than receive. Now Hebrews 7 and 7 says, and without question, the person who has the power to give a blessing is greater than the one who is blessed. You see that? That's in the NLT, the New Living Translation. Now, the, the contemporary uh, 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 English version says, everyone agrees a person who gives a blessing is greater than the one who receives the blessing. All right? Now, the GNB, uh, the Good News Bible says, there is no doubt that the one who blesses is greater than the one who is blessed. So now the one who receives is blessed, but the one who gives is blessing is greater. A blessed person will never have to lack any good thing. Why? Because he will or she will always be supplied seeds to sow. He said, I give seed to the sower. So every time you sow, God said, I'm putting seed back in you. Every time you sow, God said, I'm going to put more seed back in you. Every time you sow, God said, I'm going to give them more seed because I can trust them to be a blesser. I can trust them to sow. So I got to keep them with a good supply of seed. Somebody shall need more seed to sow. Now look at all these here sowers in here today. Look at all these sores around here. Look at the sore that's sitting on your rope. Look at the sore that's sitting behind you. Look at the sore that's sitting in this room right now. Look at all these sores in here. So God said, I got to have a whole bunch of seed so I can supply all these sores in here. Don't you let nobody get you all messed up and twisted saying, you know, how are you going out in that church in here? You got sense enough to know whether you're in a good church or not. You've been here long enough to know if somebody's trying to rob you. You've not been here sense enough to know whether they, something ain't right, baby. We've been giving the name. They ain't did nothing new. I ain't seen nothing new at that church. I ain't seen them do nothing since then. They ain't bought no property. They ain't did nothing. My God, we just a few years ago bought a million dollar worth of property, and we don't owe nothing but, uh, yes, that right there said we owe 250000 more on the 20 acres that we bought. We bought a million dollar property over behind Carmack, and they've been trying to buy it from us since we bought it, but we know that God 
told us to buy because he wants us to do something. We haven't seen it in his totality what he wants us to do, but he said, get it, and I'm going to show you in the years to come. So get it and let the people know that they got another land I got to take them to. So your giving is not for nothing. Your giving is not for no. Don't you let nobody trick you and fool you about your church. You know you've been in a blessed place and you know that God has been blessing your life. God done blessed your children. He done blessed your husband and blessed your wife. And, and my God, when you got sick, people were praying for you. My God, when things got a little tough and topsy-turvy, God said, I got you. Hallelujah. He didn't let everything come in and rush in and tap everything at the same time. And I'm telling you now, when you're looking at the news, this is a sign of the time. They having tornadoes in uh-huh this season. They don't have it in January and December like they've been having all this uh-huh income weather that's just the signs of the time it's a sign when a six-year-old boy go to school and intended to shoot his teacher six years old how you know how to use a nine millimeter at six years old the devil is a liar I'm telling you we need to be protected by God's divine protection I need him to protect me all around me I need him to protect my family and everybody else that I'm connected to can you say amen you in here, God can trust you with more seed. Yeah, here, I believe he can trust me with more seed. And if he can trust you with more seed, he gonna give it to you, D. If he can trust you with more seed, he know that if he can get it to you, he can get it through you. If you don't mind looking down your world, look at everybody say, I'm waiting for more, more, more extra seed to come in. Tell him, say, my truckload of seeds are coming in. I can see the planes flying it in right now. Hallelujah. Most seed coming because I'm a sower. I'm a blesser. I love to sow. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And so as I stated at the beginning, there is a certain, oh, I got to get out of here now, joy in receiving. But there are ways that the act of blessing, giving blessings, uh, us that, that receiving cannot. Receiving does not honor God. It is an honor that we receive from others. Receiving draws our eyes upon ourselves and has the inherent danger of greed and selfishness in order to continually repeat this shallow pleasure. Receiving does not beget more receiving. Only giving does that. Giving begets giving. Receiving's major blessing is that it prompts us to give thanks and hopefully seek ways to show our appreciation. And if we respond properly, when we receive, we will begin the cycle of giving which will lead us to the joyful anticipation of greater blessing. I don't know about you, but it, oh man, it excites me when God shows me who he really is. Because in it, listen, when you are a giver, it's sometimes hard to receive. How many, how many of my givers know what I'm talking about? 
when you are a giver, you, sometimes you find it hard to receive. Folk trying to bless you, but say, no, that's all right. I don't really need nothing. I don't really need much. I don't need nothing. Because you are a giver. But God is trying to show you something. You got to receive when other people are trying to give you something because that's their seed. They're trying to get up as high as you are getting up. So you got to receive it even if you pass it on to somebody else. You need to receive when people are trying to give you something. We know how to give some of us, but it's hard for us to receive. And those that my God know how to receive, you need to turn around and learn how to give. Many times, my God, when God want to cause you to receive something, it's not because you have need of it. He's doing something in you. He's causing that pride in you to be, uh-huh, killed in you because you feel like, hey, I don't need nobody to do nothing for me. I got this myself. God say he ain't th th thinking about whether you got it yourself or not. It ain't even about you. It's about God teaching a lesson to you and somebody else, showing you how to receive and showing them how to give. Come on in here, y'all. I'm about done now. So you need to change your attitude. You need to adjust your spirit. You need to adjust your heart so you'll know how to give and receive. Know how to receive and give. You need to cast that stingy spirit out of your life and say they've been holding me back too long. I'm not going to die like this with a stingy spirit. I will, my God, leave out of here blessing other folk because God has blessed me. So can you say amen? I wish to God that I could preach every stingy spirit in the hearts of men in this sanctuary right out of you. But I know that that's got to be the Holy Spirit that deals with you and calls you to become a giver like you ought to be. Can you say amen? I got to trust God every day of my life. That he'll make my enemy be a footstool. That God will keep a fence all around. Jesus be a fence all around me each and every day. Yes, I thank God that he showed me how be blessed. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know that I had to give in order to receive. I thought all I had to do was hold my hand out and act like I was in need in order to receive. But God showed me in his word that if I give it will be given unto me good measure press down <laughs> shaking together and running over can you say amen I feel in here today that somebody in here is about to get a run over blessing is it you, is it you, or is it you it's going to over. Can you say amen? Would you look at 
somebody and preach with me. Uh, and tell them, say, neighbor, you look like that you are about to receive the overflow in your life. Uh, I feel the overflow uh, is coming your way. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, tell them, say, I speak it over your life. Uh, that God overflow. Can you say amen? And I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad that I came to church today to learn about the blessings of giving. Can you say amen? And now I know I'm blessed because I give and I give because I'm blessed. Do I have a witness in me that you give because you are blessed? Can you say amen? And it's not going to stop right there because God is going to give you some more blessing. When you tell somebody around you that more is coming your way. Tell them say more coming your way. It's going to be a cycle of blessing. I'm blessed with spiritual growth. I'm blessed with the heart of God. And I'm blessed with the life of abundance. Because being a giver will cause blessings that come on us automatically. Would you point down your row and tell them, say it's on automatic. When you give, my blessing will overtake me. Your blessings are about to overtake you. Being a giver will cause me to be healthy. Being a giver will cause me to be wealthy. He wish above all that would be in health, even as our soul prosper. Can you say amen? Y'all have a good day now. Go home and watch the playoffs. Go home and get ready because the joy of acting as a spiritual being, I've learned the joy of honoring God and the joy of participating blessings. I anticipate blessings. I wait for blessings to come my way. Can you say amen? And some of you, you got it down so pat until as soon as that seed come out of your hand, God blesses it right away. Can you say amen? I want you to get to the point that you don't even think about it. That is second nature to you. That as soon as that seed leave your hand, it will not leave your life. Because as soon as you give it out, it's like a boomerang. It comes back to you. As soon as it leaves your hand, God said, I can trust them. Can you say amen? Because I give seed to the sower. And I'm glad today that he classifies me as a sower. Can you say amen? Would you tell somebody, tell your neighbor, say neighbor, you sit beside a sower. Can you say amen? And when I get blessed, I have a tendency of blessing others. You get the spillover of what God is doing in my life. I got to go home now, mother. But I'm glad today that I'm living a blessed life. I'm living
living my best life and I'm living my blessed life. Is that you or you? Are you living your best life and living your best life? I'm living my best and I'm living my blessed. I'm living my blessed and I'm living my best. Can you say amen? God got the best for his people. God got the overflow for his people. And I'm glad today to say that I live in the overflow. Can you say amen? When you got a bill to pay, you don't even have to think about it. If something happened out of the ordinary, all you got to do is go to your bank account or write it out on paper or tap your phone and pay for something that happened out of the ordinary. Why is that, Bishop? It's because God has been good to us. It's because God gave you sense enough to save a rainy day. Can you say amen? Yeah! Yeah! I'm glad I serve a God that always gives seed to the sower. Can you shout glory? Tell your neighbor to neighbor. Grab your neighbor by the hand. Grab your neighbor by the hand. And say, neighbor, you got what you got because God been good and because you a blesser you will always have seen and I'm glad to know you I'm glad to be sitting beside you because when I have a need I know who the blessers are can you shout yes shout yeah yeah I'm glad I'm in a church that will preach the unadulterated, uh, the unsugar-coated, uh, the unweak back, uh, noodle back or spaghetti back, uh, word of God, uh, that will treat the true word of God. Uh, can you save me? Because uh, now I know uh, that God, uh, he helps his children. Uh, he blesses his children. Uh, now look at somebody and tap yourself uh, and say, I'm his child. His son or daughter, I belong to him, and he promised. Tell him, say, he promised to take care of me and my God so far. He's been taking care of me. Do I have any witnesses that God been taking care of you? Well, what do you say about it? He's been good. When I don't know what else to say. But I don't know what else to say, preacher. All I can say is he's been good. Can you shout glory when I get in a fix? All I can say, he's been good. When I don't know what to do, all I can say, he's been good. Can you shout yes? Son, you are his daughter. 
deadbeat daddy. He take care of his children. He don't have to pay child support because he's already been supporting them. Can you say amen? Shout glory. Y'all have a good day with your blessed self. Walk out of here blessed. You can say what you want, but this year you're going to dance more than you ever danced. Because every time you look around, your harvest is going to be shoo, 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 shoo. harvest over here, harvest over there, harvest everywhere. I said that last week, she had like, I ain't no one to talk about this. I'm trying to give her a hint. I've been saying it now. Y'all y'all hear me? I've been saying it, right? I've been giving her a hint, but she's been talking about, huh? The blessing. Oh, I know she would. She'd be past that. Girl, that girl. You think beauty sees it, yeah? That girl, that girl bad. Nah, hey. Harvest is in your sight. It's in your view. It's harvest for you. You've been waiting on the best season that it just won't come. But let me tell you something. God got you right where he wants you. You know what I, I hear the Spirit say? Even the seeds that we have missed, we thought we missed. God said, go back and sow again. You 
know what I found out? They have, they went back. They have had seeds that have been uh, just uh, kept for many years. They say thousands of years. And they, caught, they brought that seed. They planted it. And do you know that seed, they begin to water it. And, get some, and it grew. So that let me know that a seed will not spoil or get ruined. It just need the proper setting. It's got to be sown <laughs> in order for it to materialize to what it can become. That acorn, and you see that big old oak tree, that oak tree was in that corn at one time. That big old oak tree was in that little corn one time. What am I saying to you all today? You may be in the acorn state, but the you that's going to come out of that acorn, see, folk looking at you at your small state, the Bible said don't despise small beginnings. See, they sitting there looking at scoffing. <laughs> And everything else that you but they're looking at you at your acorn state. But when that thing get planted and that thing start growing, they're going to look around and say, you know, we can't even stop them, Jesus. They're so blessed. They, and, and, they, and they done got so big until they bless everybody that come around them. They provide shade for them. They provide wood for them. They provide so many different things. Oh, my God. How did this happen? It started from my seed state. So it is more blessed to give than to receive. Everybody stay.